Howdy folks, and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with fanfic authors and manic daughters. I'm Adrian, as always, I'm joined by Paul. Uh, let's get Big Factin', let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No cap. No cap. Big facts. No, 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 no. Big facts. No cap. No cap. All right. How you doing this week, Paul? I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah. It's it's crazy the amount of consistency you have in that response. Like I feel <laughs> like I could have just like taken a, a copied a bit of your last time saying that last week and then just dropped it in this one. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I, I'm pretty sure it's also the response I give to people in real life. So it's not like you're getting like special. No, I was gonna say, I can tell that this is like, uh, your automated response to life. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> um, yeah, editor Adrian, can we get a side by side from uh, this week and last week's uh, you're doing pretty good. That's not a good Paul impression. Yeah, you're not getting Hollywood Paul. You're not getting that fake shit. I'm not I'm not bringing anything extra that I don't bring to my day to day life. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, this is the real authentic Paul. <laughs> These are not parasocial relationships. Uh, if you, everything you're seeing right here, you guys are actually our best friends if you listen to this <laughs> podcast every week. Um, right now, almost definitely literally, because the only people who are listening are our friends. But once we make it big and forget <laughs> all you guys, hopefully one day we make it big enough that we can, we can just leave behind everybody listening to this right now. Oh, dear God, I hope so. <laughs> I want to have like a weird relationship with Shia LaBeouf where he like takes me out to buy clothes and then like mm-hmm. hits me up at 2 a.m on random weeknights yeah yeah i would definitely talk a lot of shit about him behind his back to like oh absolutely gwen stefani or whatever but uh I, I still gwen stefani I, I don't know famous <laughs> that's who's cool and hip now <laughs> the woman who has like a child with blake shelton and is like a mob and <laughs> uh i mostly know her from that absol verse on acid rap so oh yeah no doubt like gwen stefani's group you know, if you mention it, you got you got to do the bar. <laughs> no doubt, like when no, I, that one we can't do. <laughs> come on, come on, Paul. No doubt, like Gwen Stefani's crew. Let me put my mouth where you potty, boo. No doubt, like Gwen Stefani's group. Look, let me put my mouth where you potty, boo. Thank you for those nightmares, Absol. I do like how Absol kind of copies Chance's flow. It's also weird. We got a what is this? I guess there's one in between, but uh, two Absol references so far in this podcast, which I think is disproportionate <laughs> to how much we listen to Absol. <laughs> People who listen to this podcast are getting the wrong idea that we're like two Absol stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, control system on 24-7. Um, so, Paul, I guess if we're going to do some um, confessions or grievances or whatever, do you want to give any updates on uh, Kanye West uh, running for president? Any, like, uh, the updates with that? I mean, nah, he's still he's still wilding out going crazy doing the Kanye thing. Oh, um, are you trying to bring up the fact that Wilding Out was canceled? Was that really canceled? Save that for the topical tip, Adrian. That's... No, 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 no. We're not doing another canceled topical tip. What's, <laughs> not uh, for a what's, while. What's, oh, canceled like that type of canceled. I thought you meant like actually canceled off TV. It was oh, no, like... it was canceled because it was canceled. Oh, okay. Not... okay <laughs> they didn't do something. No, no, no. no sorry. I realized that that was no clearer. Than... <laughs> it was canceled because Nick Cannon got canceled. Oh, oh so it was yeah. canceled. Because it was canceled because it was canceled. Yeah. What, what did Nick Cannon do? Uh, he said uh, vehemently racist, uh, anti-white, and anti-Semitic 
uh, comments. I, actually, he didn't uh, say them. Uh, he basically did like a uh, Joe Rogan where like he didn't say anything bad, but his guest on his podcast said something really horrendous and he basically just agreed with him. Yeah. Oh. Who did he have on? Like one of those hotep types? Yeah, no, he. Had, I don't actually know who the guest was, but it, it was kind of that whole like conspiracy of like... Uh, uh, what is it like, like Jewish uh, men are trying to keep black men down by like I think it was even simpler like yeah just like Jews own the banks and then he called like um I think what part of the comment was like uh white people are inferior and have like less ability to feel empathy because empathy is tied to melanin which is like I don't know where that theory comes from but mm. um I think what I like about um Wild and Out getting canceled from a uh, as a fan of battle rap is that a lot of the people who were making their paycheck by being on Wild and Out now have to go back to battle rapping Mm. Uh, so I'm excited to see some of those boys back in the ring. I've never seen an episode of One O One O Six and Park, but I I know it's a thing based on uh based on old rap lyrics. What what's that show about? It are can they bring that back now? That there's uh, like a a slot to fill in the hip hop TV realm. Oh, there's a power void, a power vacuum that needs to be filled. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we bring back? I I want I want to learn what that is. So they need to bring it back so I can watch an episode. Yeah, that's the easiest way for you to learn what that is. <laughs> Just for them to fully produce a new season of that. Yeah, um, I'm not going to Wikipedia it like a moron. <laughs> so I actually think uh, from what else I know, it almost is like we're doing like a mini topical tip up front. So from what I know, um, Nick Cannon has revealed that he does not own the rights to the show. Viacom does. So they can literally just replace him with somebody else and the show can technically go on. Mm-hmm. So if you want to put your guests in, right, do you want to do like a $5 bet on who replaces Nick Cannon on Wild and Out? Um, Tyga, 100%. Hmm. Is his girlfriend still underage, or did she no, finally she, like age out? She aged out. <laughs> he didn't start dating someone new. She. I have no idea. Actually, <laughs> they might have broken up. Huh? I think I'm gonna put my five dollar bid on. Um, I bet it's probably gonna be someone who's already on the show. Like it'll be like Chico or uh, Sharon or something. I don't know. You know, I think they should actually have like a female MC host it. Ooh, they should have Mariah Carey do it. <laughs> I don't know if that fits, but sure, yeah. Uh, just because it's his, his ex. They should have uh they should have RuPaul do it. Yo, that'd actually be pretty dope. I'd watch that. I'd think I'd, 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 I would actually watch a full episode of Wild and Out for the first time if <laughs> RuPaul hosted it. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember what the theme is so we can do that thing where we discuss if we have experience with uh oh, oh yeah, we're doing articles in relation to as you pointed out, this isn't a theme because we're doing articles in relation to fifty shades of grey. So not a theme, but more uh Topic? Like I said, a, a motif? I don't know. A motif. A yeah. motif is a reoccurring, like, Yeah, so I would or, say it's almost like yeah. that, where it's, like, going to be a motif throughout the podcast that we're okay. going to talk about. But should we cue in already, uh, you making your uh, Fifty Shades cast, or whatever your version of uh, the name of a Fifty Shades podcast would be? Oh, I mean, I usually do that joke when we spend an inordinate amount of time talking about something that doesn't fit in. Oh, this but... is too non-tangential? Yeah. What's the opposite a... of tangential? Uh... Parallel? Or is that just mathematically speaking? <laughs> <laughs> what a nerd, Paul. <laughs> it's actually not even the opposite. They're pretty yeah, I know. Like, that would be uh, perpendicular. <laughs> perpendicular would be the opposite of tangential. <laughs> Welcome to Asymptote Cast. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, so uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Let's just start off with not even personal experiences, but what do you even know about this book? Did you watch the movie? Did you read the book? Did you read the Cliff Notes? No, I haven't read any of the books or watched. Do you think any anybody movies? read the Cliff Notes for Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> um, do you think they made Cliff Notes? It's probably like the 
Yeah, I'm sure the, Cliff, like, Cliff doesn't. <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot of classics for Cliff to uh, summarize these days, and so when a modern <laughs> classic comes out, he was all over it. I didn't realize it was a guy named Cliff. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, though you're you're reading Clifford's notes. I did in middle school because I was a big reader back then. Before I became a big old dummy, I did read the uh, Twilight series, and I think it's like a pretty famous uh, fun fact that Fifty Shades started as a Twilight uh, fan fiction right? online. Yeah interesting is there a particular reason you read the uh, twilight uh, saga i just used to read it, like anything that was popular and like i mean i just because the only so many um person who i knew read it um we'll call him jb uh he read it because he had a crush on a girl who liked the series and so that was the only person i knew um hmm. who like uh, read it who i thought it was weird that they were reading it i don't so I, i'm guessing you don't have much experience with 50 shades either no yeah i i, I um i think gray is a person not an alien or a color mm. and so i think it's a it has a lot of bdsm i think it's one of those things though where the bdsm community doesn't like it because they say it like portrays like an unhealthy style relationship yeah that's actually why i haven't read it is because i'm part of the bdsm community that's uh disavowed <laughs> this book as a bad <laughs> representation of our people it's <laughs> all i know about this book uh, and that, i guess like like middle-aged white women it was like just risque enough that they would read it but be okay with it but be appalled by it but in a way that felt so good mm. <laughs> um I, we, we do we do both have a friend who i think you remember this story from high school who uh this is like a very lexington style story because it's like very much like a risque story but just risque enough that like any parent wouldn't even be offended by it which is like he was going to buy a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey for his uh, girlfriend at uh, Books A Million. And he ran into his youth pastor in line trying to buy it. Oh. So he had to like shuffle to hide it. Yeah, it's not an actually funny story, but it's exactly the type of story that like it's like a fun cocktail story for people who don't actually have anything offensive or controversial happen in their life. He would have a story like that. He is he's got he's like he is that kind of like um he didn't live an interesting enough life but he was a funny enough person to try and make things that weren't interesting into stories yeah he was, he was a good yeah he was a good dude but yeah you can see how that's like custom built to be like controversial but not so controversial that actually like makes you look like you're going against jesus yeah the uh the other thing i remember about that that person uh i don't know if we're gonna correct the name on this or not but um i remember him telling me about how his dad lies on his taxes and then also me noting that same night that we were hanging out that his garage is bigger than my house <laughs> so uh i learned a lesson that day about taxation did you uh did you move it to his garage after that one yeah yeah i did like uh kind of like a season seven of fresh prince where they move into the pool house uh that's season four dumbass it's like you know nothing of fresh prince <laughs> uh welcome to prince cast uh <laughs> <laughs> where Paul lectures me on uh, Fresh Prince <laughs> trivia. Where Adrian tries his best to remember Fresh Prince and then I get pissed at him. <laughs> it is like a show that I know just enough to get it wrong. I'm I'm, a, I'm exactly at the right level of uh, Dunning-Kruger, uh, of the Dunning-Kruger curve for Fresh Prince. Where like if I went to a Fresh Prince trivia with friends, uh, I would be shouting incorrect answer answers loudly and excitedly because I think I know it. Yeah, you are kind of fucking stupid. Anyway uh do you want to read do you want to hop into the uh do you want to hop into the articles today paul did your mom read 50 shades of gray was she like in the uh sphere of people who like would have no, read this absolutely not really i don't think my mom did but she did have like the um like the really classic like you know like the ones where fabio would uh be on the mm -hmm. cover like she had those around the house um 
I don't know how many she actually read or actively read. She's more of like a James Patterson, uh, Dan Brown type uh, person, but um, uh, they were definitely lying around the house. Man, if you're a James Patterson and Dan Brown fan, you definitely have a lot to read through. Like those people, like you're yeah, not gonna. You, you could like exclusively read that that style of like pulp author for like years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mom's a pretty avid reader. I know she also has a lot of audiobooks, but also, yeah, she's a very avid reader. It is the very obvious like thing you can point to for why my mom is better at English than my dad. Aside from the fact that I think my mom uh, works with more um, fluent English speakers than my dad did. All right, let's uh, end up bullshitting for <laughs> for one why podcast. Do you always, I've never heard you call call small talk or just like catch up talk bullshit until we started this podcast and now everything's bullshitting to you uh i don't know what to say paul i'm bringing my real self to this podcast one that you've never seen before and if you're not ready for it i think you need to find a new co-host okay yeah you're bringing your realest self and i'm bringing my realest self faux shizzle nothing about me fake my... <laughs> good self-censorship there keeping it fleek keeping it 100 you know me all gas no brakes ain't got shit on me all real all right paul so you want to go first yeah sure so this week i have a advice columnist from ft financial times and this is the financial times david tang David Tang is a Hong Kong restaurateur who ended up moving to Britain, and he seems very wealthy. He's got, like, that old New York, like, Upper West Side. Are you saying that this is, like, a like an Oh Hello type figure? He's got more of, like, a gentleman's vibe. Oh, a, real, a true gent. Uh, a true gent, yeah. Um, in fact, I think I've read him using the word gent. I think you've seen the show Bored to Death, and... He definitely has the vibe of Ted Danson's character from that show. Seen the show as if I wasn't the one who introduced you to it. <laughs> okay, yes, you were the one who introduced me to it. As in, as in, I haven't been putting in the work in these streets recommending that show to everybody I know who I care about. And yes, use that as a filter to recognize whether or not I care about you <laughs> enough to spread the good word of uh, Bored to Death. <laughs> um. um. Really quick, but, I will also say for the listener that um, unless you have a subscription to the Financial Times, you will not be able to read this article. So unless you're a big wig like Paul and uh, his friends, I think there's going to be the divide between Paul's friends and Adrian's friends where uh, <laughs> I think uh, my people are not going to be able to read this article. <laughs> Wait, David still doesn't give you guys subscriptions to like the big like uh, newspapers? No, just Breitbart. But yeah, so he's got that kind of like wealthy gentleman's like old school New York Upper West Side style vibe going to him. Uh, really classy, probably like doesn't listen to any music recorded or created after like 1960, that sort of style. Definitely lives in a building with a doorman. Mm. So his question he received was, Somebody asked him, I'm planning to take the new book, Fifty Shades of Grey, as a house present to an upcoming hostess of mine, whom I do not know particularly well. All my bridge-playing girlfriends are mad for it, but I have not read it except for page 148. It seems rather lightweight to me. Do you have any views Paul, on Chicklet? Really quick, uh, I feel like so far from the way you've read this, this is probably a British person. Do you want to go back and from the top and... Uh... Read it how it's uh, probably uh, said by the question asker. I governor. I am. <laughs> 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 
bloody hell. I am playing. I can't. I can't do it. I like how you. Sw- you okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just go. Take it. Take it from where you were. That was it. That was the question. Oh wait, was did it? You, did you not listen to the question because you were spending your time waiting to make that joke? No, I think because it's in the Google Doc, I thought the whole thing was the question. So I've already read all of it. Oh no, that that's was why question. I was confused. Is because I thought the whole thing was the question. Mm. oh that makes so much sense now the, well, fuck i've already read the answer shit the question mark didn't sense. tip you off <laughs> uh no you can ask a question within a question <laughs> all right are we cutting this or are we letting the audience know you've you've broken the rules of this podcast uh not from any fault on my own i don't know if they want to peek behind the curtain in this uh in this type of way it really blew someone's mind when i told them that we try and coordinate our articles so i think this might be too much for people this is another differentiation between my friends and your friends my friends could handle it your friends tiny brains will explode at the idea of production and professionalism yeah no this is um my friends are kind of like in that realm of if mickey mouse at disney world took his head off uh they would fucking (laughs) lose their minds (laughs) So, how do you feel, this person? Uh, I don't get what the hostess means. Is she going to an outback? Uh, no, like the hostess at a dinner party. She wants to know if she should bring it as a gift for the hostess at an upcoming dinner party that she doesn't know that hostess particularly well. Oh, uh, a house present <laughs> to a hostess. This is just like, just barely out of the realm of how I use these words. <laughs> like, I know all of them individually, but when I heard I hostess, I thought I was about to get a blooming onion at uh, <laughs> outback. All the questions to David Tang and all his responses are just like, they're in a world that I just don't live in. <laughs> yeah, uh, so also she has all her bridge playing friends, which I think really tells you about the type of person writing into this. This is a socialite for sure. Nobody plays bridge who's not from old money. Nobody absolutely. has bridge playing girlfriends. Who's I will not say this too, which is interesting. Um, have you heard, so I don't know if this is like something where maybe it, it, it stratifies with socioeconomic status. But have you heard the whole general theory that like uh, women have friends who they do everything with and men have friends who they compartmentalize. So they have like their friends that they play sports with and their friends that they like go to the bar with and their friends that they like have from work. Whereas women are more likely to have all encompassing friends. I haven't heard that before. Uh, For some reason, it just stuck out in my mind that she has specifically friends that she plays bridge with, which maybe uh, I mean, obviously, you know, these um, aren't prescriptive theories, Um, but uh to me but i think your interpretation is better it's just the fact that she's clearly from old money uh yeah she clearly has doilies in her house uh she's got at least one pair of white gloves that are made of satin um what else do you envision a rich person having she has a pet peacock for sure who lives in her garden (laughs) you know she vacations on little saint james that's all that's all my conception of what a rich person does she she pays two homeless people to fight to the death in her basement (laughs) So so the main questions are, does David have any views on Chiclet, and should she bring a gift of Fifty Shades to her I hope his answer is that I don't have um, views on Chiclet, but I have views on Chiclets, the uh, <laughs> small little, small little uh, cheap gum that uh, when a little Hispanic kid, yeah, when a little Hispanic orphan walks up to sell it to you, I like to always buy two packets because, <laughs> but I never buy the roses. <laughs> I don't like that emotional sabotage when you're with a girl and they bring you the rose and then you feel like you have to buy it. Uh, okay, so this isn't really an advice question, right? Uh, I guess the advice is should you bring that present to someone you don't know really well? I mean, I don't yeah. know, just get a bottle of wine or something that's not like 
Yeah. <laughs> controversial. It's it's something in the future, so it's not a very hard thing to just go for the safe bet. Yeah, just don't. Like, if you really want to, like, give it out as a gift, wait till the second time you go over when you've gotten a sense of who this person is. Mm. I think you should bring her something more exciting and dynamic, like some real hardcore pornography. Like, she's gonna be like, what is this weak shit? Yeah. I think you really need to go for, like, Dirty Nuns 9 or something. Yeah, I don't know the sensibility of your uh, bridge playing friends, but... Uh... I can I can go a little bit harder than Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm still thinking about how like you nobody plays bridge unless they just don't have a job and that's what they do <laughs> to fill the to fill the hours in their day until they die. Um, I think my advice to this person is going to be show that you're a little bit more cultured and bring her hentai. <laughs> so, do you have any views on chiclet, Adrian? On uh, on female literature, as I assume what they mean, not the gum. <laughs> yeah um an interesting Juvenile. turn of phrase there that like it felt so um regal until that part where like they immediately turned into like a, a southern dude with a wife beater on and like a bud light <laughs> yeah i don't need use on this chiclet shit bro <laughs> i don't like it i think it's uh, a perfectly healthy way to explore your sexuality and uh r- the written word can be very uh titillating. is that a word that's a word right titillating not titillating yeah <laughs> okay uh yeah healthy way to explore your sexuality um but a weird thing to be given as a gift saying hey explore your sexuality and or have fun with this book that is already within your realm of comfortable reading okay so i think we've both agreed probably just don't bring the book and i don't think me or you have strong opinions on chiclet so the advice that david tang gives for for this uh troubled socialite is this book by eel james has apparently become the first book to have sold a million copies on the internet if only out of curiosity i immediately bought a copy and started reading it i was flabbergasted by its appalling prose after 112 pages the juicy bits that followed held as much titillation for me as a colony of elephant seals of course the reverse snobs would say it's marvelous stuff and good on miss james for making millions but just remember nobody would really want to rate the ikea catalog which has printed more copies than the bible therefore i would say el james ought to be ashamed for bringing disrepute to the novel what a difference the two initials of pd have made to james in my young days in the 70s, everybody was raving and raging about John Fowles' Daniel Martin. I saw it everywhere in the streets, in bus shelters, in subways, in New York. That's proper lit. Gray is proper litter. Shots fired. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he just... <laughs> Are we uh, pulling up the Twitter thread where E.L. James snaps back? I, I don't get the part where he says the two initials... What's the difference... Of, what a difference the two initials of P.D.? would make to james is there an author called pd james i mean i think that's the insinuation i think he's just showing us that he's more well read than us nice humble brag uh david (laughs) i really actually the one zinger that i do really like is the whole thing about the ikea catalog printing more copies in the bible it's a pretty good point that is a pretty good point also i do like that he mentions the reverse snob thing because i feel like over the last like i don't know uh decade and a half our society has really gone through some like shifts where I'm I'm not sure where we are right now. What 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 is like society's opinion on being a snob? Because I feel like oh, interesting. I thought you meant that like the the trend is um I was gonna use the example of uh hipsters really liking PBR, 
where like yeah no that's kind of what it is it's also there's a like poptimism where it's like Mm. criticizing pop music is seen as like super reductionist and not giving the proper accolades to something that's just trying to be dancey and fun and you know if you're Mm -hmm. somebody who just hates on pop music for no reason you're being a snob and there's like whole series of poptimism and like high culture and low culture and preferring one over the other being either problematic or stupid or people have a lot of arguments one way or the other feel like right now we're starting to hit the backlash to if if there was an initial backlash to snobbery we're now hitting the backlash to that backlash and we're coming back a little bit to being okay with being snobby and looking down on low art i would hope so i almost like immediately in my mind i connect it to like um a swelling i hope of like a backlash against anti against anti-intellectualism but i feel like they're not totally connected it's not one-to-one exactly mm-hmm. um, but i kind of get that same kind of vibe of like the way that the tides turn and uh so i i remember a friend of mine in college he would always make fun of that uh you know the subreddit gatekeeping which shows examples of people trying to like gatekeep their hobbies he yeah. always took issue with that subreddit he was like it's a good thing everything would just become shitty if nobody like tried to keep some sort of quality control or purity to art forms well also let's um let's separate this out right because like i don't i mean i guess the argument could be made that her selling all these books inherently has some limitation on other books that are trying to be sold that are maybe better but like Mm -hmm. i don't know i think there should be like this whole kind of level to it of like if you enjoy it it doesn't matter but like be aware that there are people who like have knowledge on this subject or just normal people who have opinions who think this is not very good despite its popularity (laughs) Well, I think some people would respond to David Tang's take about Fifty Shades not being good, and they would say, oh, why are you being no fun? Why are you being a gatekeeper? Like, this is chick lit and not, what's the difference between chick lit and proper literature? Mm-hmm. And people would be upset with him about that. And I think we're, I think when he wrote this article uh, years ago, that that would have been the common opinion, but I think we're just coming back around to being more on the David Tang side of things culturally where people are okay with being a snob and (laughs) distinguishing categories of proper literature versus chick literature and like high and low art i will say though the other thing about it though is that well i guess it indirectly uh answers the question right like it says like i guess the implied answer here is is don't bring it as a gift yeah Um, (laughs) he didn't really answer the question yeah (laughs) because like you could even almost um like a whole nother side of the culture that we're even talking about right now is like liking something that's so good because it's so bad that it's good Mm, uh, and so thing, yeah. he didn't even like give the recommendation of like this book is so bad that it's funny or like the depictions of sex in it are so crazy and insane and like it's it's like worth reading on on, on that merit alone um but I, I don't think that's what he's saying here so yeah he doesn't really acknowledge the question that it's funny um it's it's simply gosh to acknowledge a question directly do you mean gosh rich people pronounce it gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's gosh <laughs> also what's up with how he spells new york is that just making fun of a new york accent for no reason he spells it n-o-o-y-a-w-k or is that a place in britain called new york <laughs> i'm not really um, sure i'm really tempted to hope that it's the latter but i think it's the former <laughs> why is he just making fun of a new york accent in the middle of something that has no reason to be well, I think that's the beauty of uh of the Tang takes is that he fits, he's, he's kind of like the Thirty Rock of uh of roasters. Like he fits in so many roasts into uh, the fewest amount of words. Where do you think David Tang fits on the uh, on a scale of zero to Paul in terms of venomous? Uh. Ooh, on the famous uh, Paul Venom scale. Um, 
I would say on a scale of one to Paul, he's about a, uh, you know, he's up there. He's, he's a King Cobra for sure. Mm. All right. Um, so I don't really have too much opinions about that. Yeah. He's, uh, his, his takes are definitely very flippant and he's usually like a little mocking and cutting in his answers. And I think he's a pretty fun read. So any final ideas? Because I feel like this was kind of a fun little, this was a fun little question and answer. There's not too much there. It was like, yeah. Uh, final ideas. She should have sent this question into Willie D. <laughs> I think he would have known the... He would have been more direct with what he uh, actually recommended. Willie D and David Tang are the two absolute opposites <laughs> in the advice column world. Um, okay, you ready to move on to my, uh, my article for this week? Yeah. All right, so my article is from The Little Village, based out of Iowa City, Cedar Rapids. And this is the advice column, Dear Kiki. So Paul is slightly familiar with Kiki because we've done one of her articles in one of our um, in the Lost episodes uh, that will not be released. Real fans will know where to find those on Datpiff in our mixtapes. <laughs> uh, so we've previously read a very funny article about a woman having a crush on uh, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, or then Speaker of the House. Hey, maybe we'll bring it back. Oh, no, we have another article that deals with the same issue, okay. so I've got it. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> So this is your Kiki. She kind of fields a whole bunch of different questions. She doesn't really have a specialty as far as I can tell. Um, but she's a, she's a pretty funny lady. So here we go. Dear Kiki, Grandma won't stop asking about BDSM. Dear Kiki, my grandma, whom I love very much, went to the latest Fifty Shades movie with her gal pals recently. And since then, she's expressed a gradually growing interest in the workings of BDSM and the BDSM community. Because we are gay and therefore presumably into every kink under the sun, my partner and I are her go-to source on the subject. She's always bringing it up and it makes us very uncomfortable. Um, what's more, my partner and I are actually very vanilla in the bedroom, so we really aren't much help to her anyways. We'd like for her to stop asking about it. How can I crack the whip or put the boot down, uh, find some way to put an end to the matter without being rude to Nana, an unsettled grandson? Thoughts off top? Maybe, I think this might be a hidden cry for help. Maybe the real question he wants to ask is how do I get me and my boyfriend to be more exciting together? Oh, I, I mean, if that's the question, it's a very thinly veiled way of asking it. <laughs> This was not the most cryptic way to bring that up. She wasn't just like, uh, hey, asking for a friend of mine. Definitely not about me. But... Oh, it's not a she, right? It's a it's a guy. It's a it's a guy in a gay relationship. Oh, you're saying the question asker is trying to. Yeah, is putting right. Because he says, I'm not that kinky oh. in bed. I think maybe I think maybe maybe Kiki needs to open him up a little bit. Oh, God. Graphic, Paul. <laughs> um, I, I will say my initial thoughts are that. Um, you can tell this grandmother's a commoner because she has gal pals and not uh, bridge playing friends. Uh, <laughs> so we're dealing with a lower middle class grandma here. Uh, not that it matters. I mean, I feel like the advice for this is going to be, I'm going to go ahead and take a guess. And the advice is going to be something like pretty cookie cutter. It's going to be like, you know, speak to your grandma, frankly, and honestly about how this is like you're happy for her and she should continue to explore that side of herself but it's not necessarily like something that you feel comfortable doing with her yeah i feel like that's like that's like a very like dear abby answer i feel like kiki's got a little bit more stank to her kiki's gonna be like throw one of those like parties like one of those bachelorette parties or in that style where it's like you have penis gummies and penis hats and you get her some male strippers like really you and your grandma both need to open up sexually so this is a good opportunity for you oh my god i love that idea that it's like a journey they take together 
Uh, <laughs> this is a path they have to walk together. <laughs> uh, she's just like, you and your grandma need to uh, pack your bags. Uh, you guys need to take a sex retreat together. Not together, like together, but like, you know, go to the same uh, two-week um, uh, Jared Leto uh, <laughs> camp about sexual freedom and expression. <laughs> I like how you said not together together, like a uh, episode of like some 90s sitcom where like Jerry and Elaine feel awkward because somebody thinks they're a couple and they're like, we're partners, but not like partner but partners. Not partners, <laughs> partners. <laughs> um, my other initial thoughts are that one, it's hard to give what is the easiest answer because um, it's your grandma. So like, obviously the easiest answer is like, I don't feel comfortable with this. You should just Google it and like, you know, do your own. But like, you know, grandma's notoriously bad at the Google bad at the bang bad at the go-go duck was that me being a grandparent calling it go-go duck <laughs> duck duck go oh, duck yeah. duck go yeah uh so i think it's like one of those things where if somebody writes two words in a row your brain doesn't notice it because i don't i don't think me or anybody else would have really like noticed you said it wrong well no because i think go-go duck is an actual thing right isn't that a duck that has like little dancey tassels and does a little dance uh, maybe it's a reference to a go-go dancer <laughs> Oh, I thought I thought there was like an actual character that was a go-go dancer duck. You no, that's uh, that was um, Inspector Gadget's pet duck, go-go duck. I can't tell if you're doing a bit anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Gadget always says go-go gadget. Uh, Adrian, whatever. Move on, move on. Okay, you whatever. Lost me. <laughs> I don't. Okay, it's kids these days, fucking. Um... Oh, I guess the other thing that I want to say immediately off top is um, if any of this uncomfortableness besides the sexual aspect of it is because like how recently has the grandma been single and like, uh, Mm. could you imagine if you were still missing your granddad and your grandma came up to you and was like, oh, I guess it doesn't say that she um, isn't uh, still married to their grandpa. That's where they don't have known either way. I I assume he passed away many years ago. It's the vibe I'm getting from this question. What would you say to your abuelita, Adrian? Well, I'd have to Google translate it or I'd have to use my limited Spanish to tell her. So, um, (laughs) well, I guess she wouldn't ask you, right? Because the question answer, the whole point is she feels more comfortable asking a gay man. So she would go to your She would ask my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Although she doesn't know my brother's gay. So (laughs) that's, uh, we're, we're waiting to tell her. Yeah, uh, I think if uh, my grandma asked... Until when? He was married for a while. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, no, just roommates. It's uh, <laughs> Nice. Just very close roommates. For anyone in my immediate family, I don't think I'd be uncomfortable discussing this kind of stuff. But um, for, I guess, the elderly aspect adds something to it as well. So I don't really have a close enough relationship with anybody old to like know how I really feel about this. But my general disposition has always been kind of pretty open about stuff, so I don't know. There's literally no universe where my grandparents would ask me about this, so I think I'm also safe. Mm. That's what this guy said until uh, <laughs> until everything changed. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool that his grandma wants to talk about this with him. I think he should take a moment, whatever the answer is, I, should, I think he should take a moment to appreciate his relationship that's uh, with his grandmother and probably like how special it is and maybe not take it for granted yeah it was pretty cute i also hope that um i mean this the grandson doesn't bring it up as if it's problematic but like he does have this insinuation of like oh she thinks that because i'm gay like that i'm like i'm a degenerate in every sense of the word uh Mm. which is kind of like um a slightly problematic thinking but for every 25 years here on the earth you get to divide by half the amount of problematic what you say how it's interpreted right there's there's one of those rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's like uh, the calculation for how young a person you're allowed to date. You you cut your age in half, 
you add seven, and that's how many problematic statements you're allowed to make in a day. Mm-hmm. I think this grandma, I mean, if she's over 80, I think we can let this one slide. Paul and Adrian, woke police can... Well, we either that or uh, she's like, uh, she's a Latina, and so she's a grandma, but she's like, you know, 47. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we need another, uh, we need another woke police just to figure out if that was okay. <laughs> <laughs> can we get a review on that? <laughs> There's a flag on the play. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Uh, do you have any special advice? I think I gave my advice, which is just pretty honest. Like, be honest. And also, it's pretty cute. She wants to talk about this with you. So be gentle and uh, and caring about how you tell her that she needs to stop. <laughs> I would say, Grandma, um, I appreciate that you want to learn from me. And about this stuff but why why would i tell you when i can show you and then you have a prepared musical number that you oh. do <laughs> where you go um, through all of the uh, basic media so yeah i think much like the last question this question can also be solved by buying a porno just <laughs> dirty nuns nine can come back into the fold uh you can buy a two-pack with the person from the last question <laughs> she can take hers to her dinner party you could give yours to your grandma and they can uh do you feel like we missed out by being um very not too far off but aged out of the uh time where people had to buy their porn in physical copies <laughs> do you think you would have been brave enough to do it no, of course not. I wouldn't be that. I don't think person. I would have been either. I wouldn't have walked into a place and bought in a VHS. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think how it's big a... our VHS is, and then you have to find somewhere in your house to keep that, like <laughs> that, like ten foot, but like how big our VHS is, like a foot by a foot or something. <laughs> you think it's like one of those giant checks that they bring out when you win a prize? There's something like that. You get to find somewhere in your house to store it, and it's just like you buy five of them, and now it's like you have a brick. <laughs> like, um i think for me it's kind of like how like when you're 18 you're allowed to go to a strip club but like my personal age limit is when i'm like 80 is when i'm gonna allow to myself to go to a strip club for me it's like when it becomes a funny old man thing is when i'm like gonna allow myself to do that shout out to a hunter from our last question who had free tokens or from our last episode who had free tokens to the local strip club in lexington and really wanted us to go when we turned 18 hey i guess the token's let you get in without paying cover i think that's what it was yeah and i i i didn't have the heart to tell him that it was still gonna be pretty pricey to be in there <laughs> and i had no interest in going to a strip club just i'll add that in i feel like most people who know me know yeah. that but i think that's on brand for paul it's okay when i say it about myself but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i don't know yeah so i think we're pretty good on this question uh if there's nothing else you want to add, I think I'm ready for the answer. I'm I'm ready for Kiki. Yeah. All right. Let's get Kiki in on this. Um, dear unsettled. First of all, let me just say, giddy up, grandma. <laughs> uh, however, I can relate to the awkwardness of knowing too much about a family member. It reminds me of the time I found a novella on bestiality while at my aunt and uncle's house. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Kiki. <laughs> rewind the tape on that one yeah run, hold on we gotta run that back okay it reminds me at the time i found a novella so not too long let's 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 give them the benefit of the doubt i found novella. a novella on bestiality while at my aunt and uncle's house um oh. uh 
uh do we, do we want to talk about false equivalencies or uh or, or is this apples and apples what bro that's that's my response what bro <laughs> kiki what what kiki, kiki. what <laughs> um you sure about this one kiki <laughs> you sure that this is what you want to bring up right now <laughs> do you think this is kiki's personality type where she has to one-up everybody <laughs> <laughs> this is how she answers her questions is like i'm just gonna blow you out of the water with what i have to say your grandma wants to talk about 50 shades of gray my grandpa <laughs> wants to fuck horses <laughs> how did she find it was it just out and about <laughs> light reading it was a coffee table <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, uh, it reminds me of the time i found a novella on bestiality while at my aunt and uncle's house as a little girl the realization that a woman re- would <laughs> as a little girl the realization that a woman would reward her doberman by letting the dog lick peanut butter from her pussy <laughs> no no what? kiki no <laughs> no kiki what are you doing oh my god <laughs> It's physically hard for me to read this. As a little girl, the realization that a woman would reward her Doberman by letting the dog lick peanut butter from her puss shocked and embarrassed me. I never looked at my honor uncle. That should also embarrass you as an adult, Kiki. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> no, no, no. Once you've uh, lived an experienced life, I think you uh, you grow an appreciation for these kind of things. Also, I love the fact that the book was specific enough to list that it was a Doberman. Oh yeah, it was a novella. Thank God it didn't have pictures. I wasn't I wasn't even really paying attention to that in my mental image of what was happening. You thought it was like a pop-up book at first. <laughs> oh, um okay, as uh, I don't even know. Let's not read that sentence again. Uh I never looked at my aunt and uncle or their pets the same way. No, they had I never looked at my aunt or uncle or their dog with a weirdly traumatized look in his eye the same ever again. I never looked at my aunt and uncle or their Doberman the same way again. Do you think Kiki needs help? Do you think she needs help processing this? I think the fact that she's talking about it so flippantly and trying to compare it to something adorable, like somebody's grandma reading Fifty Shades of Grey, shows that she hasn't processed it in a healthy way or realizes how different of a situation it is. <laughs> I think the other thing that's crazy to me is that, so in the novella, it's it's a dog, I don't know, I don't even know what the words are for this, uh, how to like censor this. It's a, well, I guess we've already said it. It's a dog being intimate with a woman. I, I've only ever heard of this as like a cultural thing about like when men put like peanut butter on their balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we want to do more uh, Lexington High School lore, th- there was a person who I actually don't even remember their name, but I believe for a while his nickname was Snack Pack because he put uh, chocolate pudding on his balls for his uh, dog to lick off. And that. Oh, uh, people, go ahead and sound off in the comments. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and tell us who it was from Lexington High School who had the nickname Snack Pack because I'm curious. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I guess you are in the in crowd of uh, <laughs> people who abuse <laughs> their pets, but. <laughs> Wait, uh, how did people find out? Did he tell people? I think almost certainly. Either that or it was made up, right? So if so, I mean, I apologize. Allegedly put putting on his <laughs> on his balls. Yeah, no, uh, I think uh, Kiki has not um, engaged with this childhood Does trauma. not have a healthy understanding of her own experience. <laughs> and when she, write, when she writes in to ask Kiki, it's going to be like an infinite loop. So that's not going to be any help. <laughs> <laughs> 
While you and your partner can support her newfound sexual exploration, you do not have to be in the position of educating her. Grandma obviously trusts you, though since she has witnessed you living with the cultural oppression of homosexuality, she now wants to find acceptance of her own desires with someone who can understand. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's compare kinky white women to the like struggle and difficulties of being a gay man in America. Yeah, I was about to say, what a flip from Kiki. <laughs> I think you gotta have to have that kind of uh, silver lining thinking when you've been traumatized by your mom's brother <laughs> and his wife. um Um, this reminds me of earlier today like this is very recent i was just reading a i I read a white woman online talking about how being a wicked is a marginalized identity (laughs) oh god but that's very much kiki trying to compare the grandma being into like kinky sex to the same as like struggling to be like a gay man in america (laughs) yeah the grandma being interested in kinky sex (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) in a very conceptual level that's just the same as your struggle yeah this is the same as something that's integral to 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 your identity (laughs) personally i am a fan of consensual deviant sexual behaviors but there are hard and soft limits on who i want to share or discuss them with but i'll talk to anybody about bestiality bro (laughs) 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 yeah what a weird thing for her to say after the paragraph where she Hey, hey, hey. Outed her grandpa as a as a zoophile. I got my limits. <laughs> Let her know that you are proud of her willingness to surrender and accept this growing interest, but you would like to refrain from knowing the nitty gritty. When it's time to pull out your safe word, remind grandma that yours is vanilla. XOXO. Kiki. Yeah, I'm not gonna have much to say about the rest of it. I think we just gotta talk about how Kiki's grandpa yeah, we got <laughs> <was> it the <to> dog. <laughs> about her uncle and aunt, yeah. Do you think that if they were really into bestiality, they would just have the one novella? Or do you think this is like, they just happened to accidentally leave that one out? Best case scenario, it was a gag gift. Best case scenario is a fancy woman who uh, has lots of bridge playing friends brought it over as a gift. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that, uh, that that hit me pretty hard. Um um okay yeah so god uh, that advice was... advice the advice was fine uh the, the, <laughs> the advice was with, fine <laughs> the advice was fine the method with which she made her point was a little bit off base in fact yeah like i said maybe we need to give kiki the advice of uh revisiting this memory with a little bit more of an adult critical eye <laughs> kiki if you're not into if you're not into therapy maybe a hypnotist uh, or um what other whatever form of alternative uh counseling that you may need but uh or may, is this what um healthy thinking looks like where she's already gone to a counselor and accepted this and uh has now made peace with it and is able to just bring it up casually and with cavalier <laughs> uh attitude no because she's still comparing it to something that's like she's still trivializing it and how she's bringing it up right that's super <laughs> yeah i think that's true that kind of makes it seem like maybe she doesn't understand her own memory. <laughs> That's super funny. All right, Adrian, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about moving back to the topical tip segment this week? Are we uh, are we past that conceptually or? No, I think we're good. I think the facts the uh, the fans are demanding it. <laughs> There's been a groundswell of people wanting the topical tip to come back. I mean, personally, I think it's AstroTurk by the Koch brothers, but 
it's whatever all right so this week we have the fact that taco bell has dropped some shocking news to the world and they are getting rid of more than a few of their menu items and people are unhappy about this i wouldn't say that the riots are because of this i think they're still about police brutality but <laughs> there might be a like it might be like a little bit of people are uh, complex they can have multifaceted yeah. reasons for uh their yeah anger. There might be a little bit of blowback from this also seeping into the uh, Portland riots right now. So starting August 13, Taco Bell is no longer going to have the grilled steak soft taco, the seven layer burrito. They're no longer going to have the nacho supreme, the beefy Fritos burrito, the spicy tostada, the triple layer nachos, the spicy potato soft taco, the cheesy fiesta potatoes, the loaded grillers, cheesy potato and beefy nacho variety, the chips and dip, and the mini skillet bowl. And the quesarito will also be removed. Paul, are any of those your go-to? Uh, no, I'm a Crunchwrap Supreme boy. Ooh, that's a good choice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so, um, there... There aren't a lot of like fast food menus that I know well enough to where um, when I go up to the menu, I know what I want. So a lot of my Taco Bell decisions have been made where I ask for a minute to look and then I see a car pull up behind me and I'm just like, fuck. All right, I'll just uh, I'll take a loaded griller and uh, a chalupa. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I've often gone for the loaded grillers and they're perfectly fine. But none of these are like um, I actually do like the quesarito quite a bit, too. But none of these are uh, like my diehards. Well, the quesarita will actually still be available. It'll just be removed from the menu boards. Oh, the thank God. Decision. All right, let me just uh, untie this noose real quick. Uh... <laughs> also, my thing is with Taco Bell, I never order a meal. It's like the one place where I'm definitely just like picking and choosing different like items. And oh, just yeah, getting of course. Them together. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm glad the uh, Crunchwrap Supreme is safe. I, 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 the Crunchwrap Supreme, it really apparently is very hard hard for them to fold because sometimes you get a good one sometimes you get a bad one it's a little bit variable you don't always get the same crunchwrap supreme that's true and that's the handmade quality of it that really makes it rustic and mm. beautiful exactly uh. um yeah i'll get a crunchwrap supreme any day of the week add potatoes add jalapeno sauce take out the tomatoes yeah yeah and uh their their hot sauce and their fire sauce two legitimately good hot sauces if you ask me i i enjoy both of them um uh, yeah, and it I'm was not a, like one of those people that supers in love with Taco Bell, but it's like it's always a solid choice. It's I, a I solid believe it choice. was high school Paul who did the experiment where he demonstrated to me that the hot sauce is hotter than the fire sauce when you compare them next to each other. That was me. People don't believe you for some reason. They there's this mythology about the fire sauce being really hot, and it's people won't believe you, but the hot sauce is hotter. Yeah, uh, test it for yourselves. Yeah, people. <laughs> um, also, so one thing that's really fun that I've been able to enjoy because of you know. Uh, I think we've gone this whole entire time without uh, mentioning the pandemic on the podcast, right? Yeah, I don't think... We, well, no, I think in one part where we brought up, like, uh, in the first episode when you were talking about your... Oh, uh, right, right, right. Okay, cool. Then we've already broken that seal, so it doesn't matter. Um, we in Sacramento got, I think, like either the third or fourth uh, Taco Bell Cantina. Uh, oh. Yeah. Have you been? Did you get a beer? No, I haven't gone yet. But yeah, it's I love the concept. It's in Midtown Sacramento. Um, wait, save it for when I come out to visit you. <laughs> you want me to wait to get to <laughs> what a, Cantina for you It would be such a special trip. It would be such a special thing for me and you to do together. <laughs> okay, I think there are specialer things that we could do, but I will hold off on Taco Bell Cantina. But yes, they, are, they, they serve beer. They serve alcoholic slushy versions of their drinks. Um, and then the menu is specifically tailored to be like... Um, small plate style which i absolutely adore <laughs> oh my god 
do they have a tiny? What, how, what do they do with the Crunchwrap Supreme? Can I not get a Crunchwrap Supreme? You can only get the Crunchwrap Minis. <laughs> the Crunchwrap Sliders. That's kind of that's a great idea. That's Taco Bell. A great that idea. one's free. I'm not gonna sue if you guys use it. That's <laughs> that's out there. That's public domain. Crunchwrap Sliders. You, bro. Also, if you want to make a Crunchwrap where the uh, hard shell is a Doritos Locos uh, Cool Ranch, uh, I'm not gonna be mad. That's fine. <laughs> We should just spend the rest of the time like, Coming up vision with, uh... boarding, <laughs> vision boarding what we want Taco Bell to put all right, out there. All right, Paul, the year is 2030. Um, Taco Bell is now, because of the uh, lack of attention span of the modern man, uh, they are slimming down their uh, menu to five new items. <laughs> Let's fill this out. Okay, stuffed crust pizza-less pizza. So it's just a ring of stuffed crust with nothing in the center. <laughs> Dude, I have, so it's like a savory uh, candy necklace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put it on a string, that way you can eat it the same way as a candy necklace. <laughs> stuffed crust pizza-less pizza, that's item one. Uh, number two, I actually don't have an addition. All I have is the fact that we should... I know people love them, but like, fuck the cinnamon twists. Get, get them out of here. We don't need them. Yeah. How about uh, chorizos? Do they do they have those? Or is do you mean churros or co- do you mean chorizos? <laughs> do they have churros. little Spanish Wait, wait, sausages? let me go back. We're cutting that. We're cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> how about churros? Do they have those or are the cinnamon twists just their churro style offering? Yeah, I think the cinnamon twists are just their, their, their churro um, offerings. Oh, I don't know. I guess we could go SNL bit with this where we just tell them to start wrapping the gordita in a Crunchwrap Supreme that's in a quesarito <laughs> uh, and then have that as like their well, hallmark. Okay, so we're replacing the twist with the churro. So item three can be your original idea, which is a Crunchwrap Supreme with the uh, Cool Ranch uh, Dorito as the filling, as a crispy tortilla on the We inside. should probably keep one thing from the uh, Fresca menu, the uh, light version of Taco Bell. <laughs> Do they still do that? Oh yeah, what's our healthy option? Uh, oh yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Impossible beef. Uh, let's go. Impossible beef. Uh, let's really, you know, it's the year's twenty thirty. We've got to think sustainability. Mm-hmm. So, so it's an impossible beef uh, quesadilla. Impossible beef quesadilla with cashew cheese. Impossible beef, um, and I think tortillas are fine. Corn tortilla that way it's gluten free. Mm, nice, nice, and um, a bucket of beer. Ooh, love it. So we're gonna do the. Uh, it, it's gonna be a modelito. So it's a modella negra that is um, wrapped inside a seven layer burrito. Um, <laughs> Because oftentimes people show up to Taco Bell drunk and you want to get a little bit in your stomach before you get your next drink. And so this is a really clever way where they make sure you get a little bit of a meal before you get your next Modelo. The, the one thing I worry about is the those laws in America that make it so that you can't sell Kinder Eggs in America, which is that something <laughs> inedible can't be inside food. I do worry if the bottle of beer inside the burrito is gonna... No, no, gonna... no. Um... <laughs> After Trump has his fourth term, he's eliminated that law from America. <laughs> so we're done with that. Also, is that one of those things where it's like a uniquely American problem that we can't have inedible stuff in our food? Or Yeah, basically. Jesus Christ. You're <laughs> the fucking worst. <laughs> oh, and then obviously the only drink you can get is the uh, Baja Blast. So Yeah. Um, anyway, I just want to make it clear Trump won't have four terms, or at least Trump Sr. won't, because it's going to be... After his two terms are up, the age limit is going to be lowered and Barron's going to take power. And he's actually going to be wildly popular with both liberals and Republicans. It's who's going who's gonna to really bring the country together, I think. <laughs> okay, so uh, so do you want to read the good news section of this uh, menu revamp? So instead, Taco Bell said it would be adding two new items. The $5 Grande Nachos box, 
which layers beef, refried beans, cheese sauce, three cheese blend, pico de gallo, guacamole, and reduced fat sour cream on top of a bed of tortilla chips. Um, also, they're going to add a $1 beef burrito, which will become an ad- a permanent addition to the cravings value menu. Um, interesting, because McDonald's doesn't actually have a dollar menu anymore, which is Neither, one yeah. of the most upsetting cultural facts about like I was just about to bring that back in. about like inflation, essentially, right? Like, was oh, that what you were going with it? Where like a dollar doesn't buy you the same amount anymore? Or do you mean like the fact oh, that... Oh, no, I just, I, I, I like buying mcdonald's food for a dollar i i didn't really i didn't think about the inflation or like the money issue i was just sad i couldn't buy oh no yeah no the reason they changed it to value menu is to encompass things that are obviously more than a dollar but still considered a good deal yeah because you can't really get things for a dollar um (laughs) and i think specifically um there's also the thing about how at carl's jr they called um before it was like a thick burger is like their most common like name for whatever burger they have it used to be a six dollar burger because like it taste it it had the flavor and like quality of a six dollar burger but it only cost three dollars or something and then obviously now fast food burgers are six dollars so they had to change the name of it because the uh the whole marketing behind it changed yeah i guess you were just sad for a much more (laughs) simple reason but i was i was more uh yeah i like i like the idea that a dollar a single dollar bill and uh i guess a coin for some uh taxes whenever little paul got his uh one dollar uh allowance every week he just would go up to the mcdonald's menu (laughs) just go to the mcdonald's window hi missus can i get me two of them apple pies (laughs) okay um since we since we happen to uh you can you can cut me off and say this isn't a good idea if you don't want to do it but earlier in this podcast you asked me about my opinion on kanye recently in charleston doing uh saying and doing some pretty crazy offensive things as is a norm for him. And we were just talking about McDonald's dollar menu and the apple pies, which were a favorite of mine from childhood. And it reminded me of when Kanye West actually wrote one of my favorite poems about the McDonald's dollar menu. So if you think it's a good idea, Adrian, can I end the episode with a recital of that poem? Yeah, sure. McDonald's man, McDonald's man. The French fries had a plan. The French fries had a plan. The salad bar and the ketchup made a band because the French fries had a plan. The French fries had a plan. McDonald's man, McDonald's. I knew them French fries have a plan. I know them French fries have a plan. The cheeseburgers and the shakes formed a band to overthrow the French fries plan. Always knew some French fries was evil, man. Smelling all good and shit. I don't trust no food that smells that good, man. I don't trust it. I just can't. McDonald's man, McDonald's man, McDonald's man. Them french fries looked good, though. I knew that Diet Coke was jealous of the fries. I knew them McNuggets were jealous of the fries. Even the McRib was jealous of the fries. I could see it through his artificial meat eyes. (laughs) And and he only be there some of the time. Everybody was jealous of them french fries, except for that one special guy, that smooth apple pie. Damn. Shout out to Kanye. Bringing us beautiful poetry that resonates that resonates with our lived experiences um all right so big fact new cap and we'll wrap this one up adrian it's been a good time yeah it's been ridiculous um (laughs) oh my god how do i even connect what's uh, uh, let me think okay um well by virtue of the name you go first so okay i think my big fact for this episode is before you tell a fun childhood story just go ahead and play it through your head once and make sure that it's not actually a super traumatic story that's gonna (laughs) bum everybody out just run it through one time just (laughs) just take a moment and uh and 
then you can tell all you can tell it publicly out loud and uh my no cap for this episode is if you are going to read uh books that maybe aren't for everybody or appropriate for everybody uh buy a couple books from the thrift store that have book jackets and save those book jackets throw out the book burn them if if, if you want to uh, and save those book jackets to kind of cover up what you're reading in the same way you might use a magazine uh, or, or a uh, newspaper to cover up a Playboy that you're reading on the subway. Um, and I think that might, um, you know, that might save you some trouble. All right. Uh, I agree with that one. Um, it was fun, buddy. All Talk right. to you later. Nope. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Kiki, do you love me? Are you writing? Say you never ever leave from beside me. And I need you, and I'm down for you always. KB, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you, and I need you, and I'm down for you always. But the new me is really still the real me. I swear you gotta feel me before they try and kill me. They gotta make some choices, they running out of options. Cause I've been going off, and they don't know when it's stopping. And when you get to the top, and I see that you've been learning. And when I took